Hello everyone, welcome to the Artless Dialogue. My name is Saud Wakar and I am joined by Ash Mohammed. Together with more than 20 years of finance and business experience, we'll be delving into some of the most pertinent subjects affecting businesses today and in the future. Is crypto a viable currency? How practical are four-day work weeks? What is the future of payments? How to build your personal brand? These are just some of the topics we'll be covering over the next few weeks. Today, we're going to be talking about the future of payments. Hi Ash, how are you doing? I'm good, yourself, Sal? I'm doing well, as I'm doing good as well, I'm doing good. So, the future of payments, a pretty up-and-coming topic, changing the landscape uh, for customers, retailers, businesses. What do you think is going on these days? It's a, it's a, it's a good question, Saud. And um, everyone, everyone, whether they're aware or not, uses payments. And I think, for me, the, one of the big trends has been over the last sort of 10 years, payment providers have been attempting to push customers into digital payments and moving away from cash. And primary reason is uh, both, you know, whether you're a retailer or a business, cash is expensive. Now, I think the, the big shift has been uh, COVID and that's accelerated um, the move from cash to cashless. Now that's created just all sorts of tension uh, in the industry as fintechs and financial um, institutions run along to try and catch up with this new customer demand. Um, and we see kind of lots of stuff popping about all over the place where it's e-money, real-time payments, uh, payments as service, um, lots of different um, technologies and, and unicorns popping up all over the place. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting time for payments. Uh, yes, no, I totally agree. It's um, a very exciting time as well, uh, especially as you said, due to COVID-19 because people have been wanting to maintain a safe distance from things. So cashless payment adoption is increasing a lot. Um, five years ago, I couldn't even imagine using my phone, tapping my phone and making a payment through that. And right now that's all I want to do. Instead of carrying money around or even my cards, the phone is the way to go. And Visa, Visa also uh, conducted a research and they said that 63% of consumers would switch to a new business that installed contactless payment options. That goes to show it's not only me or us, it's the general more than half the population that goes shopping. They prefer contact, contactless options. And I think, I think you're right, so then, and when you look at, um, I mean, you look at revenue generation in this space, and you know, we are, we are talking trillions. Um, I think some of the numbers, you know, um, for this year, are somewhere in the region of, you know, 1.3 trillion. I think they think they see that um, rising to sort of 2.5 trillion in 2025. So it's a massively um, growing business, but there's an interesting thing around, you know, technology and, 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 you know, you look at things of use of QR for making payments. Now, you know, in the Far East, that's been used for, you know, decades, yeah. uh, so, but to us, it's new technology because, you know, we're not really used to that. QR codes have been around for a while, but we've never used that uh, for payments. Um, and some of that has been that kind of cultural shift in the UK. You know, to your point about using, you know, actual money, you know, real money, like the good old days. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that transition is kind of taken uh, a while, um, but it's, it's kind of now being accelerated um, as a result of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think that apart from contactless payments, a big reason and, and COVID as well, a big reason that uh, people are moving towards contactless or new payment methods is because of security and enhanced securities. 
these payment providers and these digital platforms such as Apple Pay, uh, Google Pay, they're providing enhanced security features that we did not have previously. And people are more comfortable building trust in brands and companies and third party providers to actually uh, go through the payment process instead of interacting directly with banks. Yeah. So I yeah. believe that a stronger security is something that we need to uh, work on and think about as well regarding payments. No, hundred percent. So, and it's quite interesting because um, it's an interesting kind of dilemma because historically, you know, banks and utility banks um, were, were doing all the payments, and they were slow but safe, you know, back in the day. Um, and you're right, you know, there's, you know, security is a big concern, you know, uh, nowadays. However, you know, the actual the number of different third parties and and financial institutions and payment providers out there is actually hugely grown. So actually, when you know when when you make a transaction, you're probably less likely to understand who that touches in terms of software technology than you yeah. were you know ten years ago when you kind of knew it was one bank um, or a couple of banks. So so you're right, you know that uh, um, security is a concern, but it's also strangely enough possibly getting harder to track because everything is digital. So you don't know where it's being generated, you know. Could be being generated, you know, off the moon for all we know. So yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting dilemma. That's that's true. That's true. So, so we've we've talked about we've talked about some of the few biggest trends in payments today. We've talked about contactless payments adoption. We've talked about uh, stronger security, and um, I think something that our reader, our listeners would want to know a bit about would be uh, cryptocurrency and how they how cryptocurrencies and this new uh, technology would interact with payments as we know it today and i believe we are moving that direction with a lot of traditional businesses and adopting cryptocurrency and then being used in more ways than we previously imagined could be possible so how do you think cryptocurrency is going to be uh, engaging with payments and how is it going to be become an everyday thing yeah and it's, it's one of these things this kind of two trains of thoughts here um i, I guess out there and and you know, you either say cryptocurrency, you know, um, is is a is a high risk investment, um, and others, you know, treat cryptocurrency, you know, as you said, as a genuine currency. You know, at the moment, most most banks um, um, have kind of policies against cryptocurrency, and and that's because you know it, it's not necessarily legislated. There's no not much regulation there. Um, but you're right, you know, there's parts of the industry um, out there, there are businesses who are starting to use cryptocurrency more often. Um, and I think a bit like, you know, um, the transition from, you know, when people first started using debit cards and then contactless, you know, there's fear uh, because it's unknown. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, Sal, when, you know, contactless first came out. And I think Barclays, um, you know, for, for about three years, had contactless, but nobody took it because it. everyone was so afraid that if it's in my wallet, someone's going to walk past me Sweet. and they're going to empty, my, yeah, they're going to take all the money out of my account. Yeah, and yeah, so this, there was some, you know, there was irrational fear, but there's also some, you know, uh, urban myths. And I think cryptocurrency is kind of similar. There's yes. a lot of unknowns there, and people are are, are wary um, of using it. Yeah, a lot of volatility in the prices as well. People aren't sure yes. that how if I buy crypto to even to make a transaction, even if it's not for an investment, I want to buy crypto to make a transaction, and the next day it, it falls. That could that could there is a lot of volatility, and that can that does affect perceptions and people's adoption of it. But yeah. the, the 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 good thing is that 
a lot of uh, central banks over the world including including the bank of england and um some in some in southeast asia are planning to create cbdcs that's central bank digital currencies those would be regulated and the prices wouldn't be as volatile so i believe that is a way into the future where trust can be built around this technology but but that's that's far off and let's see what regulators think and how people adopt that so uh, talking about the future what do you what do you think the main uh, trends would be for for future because um for the past couple of years companies banks uh, fintech startups have been pushing uh, new forms of payments like cashless for example and the consumer market uh, us people on an individual basis we've taken it up like we own it we use it every day but there's a challenge when it comes to b2b transactions and according to my understanding there hasn't been as much uh, progress in that field what what do you think about that like do you think that b2b is catching up or it has some work left to do yeah i i think i think you're probably that's probably a fair summation uh, so i think it's um, it's got work to do um i think you know the 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 drive to cash from a retail customer it's 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 almost driven by you know how the retail um, engage with us so mm-hmm. you know whether it's amazon you know amazon suddenly introduced apple uh, apple pay or amazon pay yeah and and because we kind of trust amazon so much we just we just go and go to the checkout and we go oh there's amazon pay mm-hmm. and i'll just press the button um, and and so our ability to trans transfer to that it's the low kind of you know talking about my chemistry days low activation code easy for us to do because mm. it doesn't cost us anything we're not filling in a form we yes. just go that's convenient for me so even you know you see the stuff that's new and buy now pay later mm. you know companies like Kleiner and and lots of companies are doing that now so at the checkout you know you just go i'm going to pay this in 30 days or 60 days at no risk to mm. you so why why wouldn't you um whereas b2b becomes a bit more challenging because you you then have to generate a compelling reason to to migrate and then there's technology and there's there's infrastructure they've got terminals that need upgrading you know all sorts of uh, stuff and we see it you know um, more recently I, i don't know if you've noticed recently but you know christmas shopping obviously we're all spending uh, money we haven't got and yeah. um and you go in and you go a lot of places still haven't upgraded their contactless to 100 pounds now that mm. change you know happened um, some months ago but you'll go into some retailers and they'll say oh i, oh, I haven't done it yet i haven't got around to it And, and that's the kind of the challenge you've got in the SME space because they are running businesses, they're busy. It, it, they'll have to invest in new um, infrastructure, and so then there's there's a there's a barrier for them. Whereas for a retail customer, the barrier for us just isn't there. It's, it's easy. The quicker we get our product, the the less we can pay and we can spread it over. Well, we're not we're not particularly concerned about that. Um, so even to your point about earlier about security. You know, we're willing to kind of just go. Well, Amazon Pay. I've no idea where that payment's going or where it goes to, but because it's Amazon Pay and it means I can get my thing today or tomorrow, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk. Um, yeah. 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 No, totally, totally. That makes sense. And your point about we don't want to fill out forms, our debit credit card number, and everything, and we just want a quick, easy process to get make the payment and get the stuff we want to purchase. and that leads me on to another thing we see into the future you know when we order food or call a cab on uber or uber eats it's simple we just put in where you want to go where to pick us from and everything happens itself now that's 
embedded payments and we we're not seeing it a lot but we're begin beginning be, beginning to see it and yeah. i believe that is the future embedding payments into normal processes just to make the user experience easier i think for a from a individual's perspective that is we're going to see a lot more of that in the future oh yeah i think i think you're so right and you, you, you if you look at a lot of the kind of successful um payments um you know the those that were providing payment as a service they're now transitioning to a fully kind of end to end commerce journey yeah because actually they they're realizing you know just providing the payment element is not enough um you know just as you described there you kind of need to be able to provide that full journey mm-hmm. and actually you know if you think of it as a value chain you know from a from a, a payment provider the, the kind of the profit the margins in the the, the retail element so yes. why provide this technical highly technical regulated function and not get the benefit of the um the the retail element Swiftness, um, yes. and 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 probably kind of nice segue to talk about you know some of the regulation probably in this space uh, which is you know payments is is highly regulated we know that um but interestingly enough you know take e money um e money isn't protected by fscs so you know just as your um your bank balance is protected up to 85000 e money doesn't have that same coverage because the regulation hasn't caught up to that um so there's an fca paper on that next year around how how does it how does it catch up with stuff like e money um because it's just it's it's not protected currently okay okay and yeah no that that makes sense and regulators would have to learn more about technologies and make understand how they work to adapt and enforce policies that would protect people users and businesses alike and and come come thinking about that it also reminds me with different uh, payment providers <clears throat> sorry with different payment providers each one has a different method of uh taking your data sharing it with the bank sharing it with the merchant's bank and processing that payment apple has a different way google has a different way so um data protection and privacy laws that is something regulators have to work on as well and not only on a national level a lot of payments are international as well when you purchase something on amazon it's now over national so these laws have to be implemented on a global basis and a standard has to be set on what should be expected so uh, i think that's somewhere that we have to work on and somewhere that regulators would have to think about as well on how to proceed with data protection and privacy well i i think you're right because you know if you look at gdpr i mean some of the rules are you know where is data stored and uh, and currently you know um if it's stored outside the EU then you know you're technically in breach um but the reality is to your point you know if apple pay becomes part of um uh, you know a checkout of an amazon transaction i mean you know most most people in in the UK shop on amazon you know if i if i look at my street most people are shopping at least once a day uh, with the amount of deliveries week we're getting here but um but so so it's very prevalent uh, so so your point is very valid which is you know how does the regulation still protect the customer hmm. but adapt to the changing environment which is a global world when it comes to payments yeah. um and your payment provider could be in the states it could be in australia it could be anywhere yeah. um and and therefore your data you know where is it going and and who's accessing it uh, no it's a really valid point perfect um thanks thanks out um so really good um, debate discussion today about uh payments So just in summary um you know we talked a little bit about what we see as the future tech um in the world of payments 
you know, we talked about use of QR codes, we talked about e-money, and really we talked about how COVID has accelerated um, some of these technologies. We also talked a little bit about um, some of the kind of risks and challenges this brings, whether it's um, the use of data or whether it's um, security uh, of that. But uh, payments, it's a huge subject. So, you know, if we could probably have a podcast on every single one of these points. So we really welcome um, your feedback, your thoughts, uh, any questions. And if you do have any questions, uh, please send them to the Atlas Dialogue at gmail.com. That's the Atlas Dialogue at gmail.com. And uh, we're always happy to hear from you. Um, so next week, we'll be talking about networking, um, how it's important and how you can do it well and it can help you progress your career and, um, and mobility and progression and also how it can be done uh, badly. Um, so join us there. In the meantime, uh, please like, follow, um, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, you'll find it in the usual places uh, podcasts exist and that's the Atlas Dialogue. Um, so again, thank you very much for listening to us this week and we look forward to speaking to you uh, next week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck and goodbye. Bye-bye. Take care.